Welcome to Violet Sessions, I'm Danielle Radoichin. Today's show is one in a series that we are doing as part of Port Elliot Festival. And in this episode, we are talking to Natalie Bingham, the buying director at matchesfashion.com. Here she is, talking to us on Violet Sessions. So, Natalie King, and welcome to Violet Sessions. Hello. It's nice really great to have you on the show. Nice to be on the show. Yeah, at Port Elliot, just before you rush off. So, we're so happy that you made the, that you were able to Absolutely. join us. Absolutely. Um, so, you are buying director at matchesfashion.com. Yes. Tell us a bit about what you do. A uh, little bit about what I do. I have um, a team of buyers and, a, and assistants um, that are very strategic in... Uh, and very collaborative team um, and we look at all the women's wears collections it's about 450 brands that we buy and I try and oversee everything that we're buying so that we've got a strong cohesive story coming through the business so it's just a lot it's, there's a lot more than just going out and finding nice clothes we want to tell yeah, stories is that what people always think yes <laughs> <laughs> but we want to tell we want we want to I want to create a wardrobe for a very fashionable woman for whatever she's going to be doing, whether it's skiing, whether she's working out, or she's coming to a festival. I want to be able to have all the best of the best and create a wardrobe season upon season that we can, you know, tell editorialise and tell great yeah. stories with it as well. And it's not just about buying clothes for people to wear at that moment. You have to have a bit of a sense of what people are going to want to wear in yes. the future. Yeah, which is one of my favourite parts of the job think because we are buying pretty far in advance but I like to challenge myself a little bit more and um, work on exclusive collaborations that are actually about a year in advance so I have many of those on the go um, so actually by the time we get to our appointments uh, for brands where they're showing their collections that are six months in advance I've already kind of painted a scenario um, of what we're going to be talking about as a business and what we've got coming into the business before I've even started those buys. How can you even start to get a sense of what people are going to want to wear? Because it's, I mean, it's hard to put your finger on it, isn't it? Because it's one of those things that people say, oh, I just sort of know. But do you look anywhere? Do you look at things like what people are wearing in nightclubs or what people are wearing at, on the street at fashion shows? I don't know. How, where do you sort of look to get a Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. I've always looked around around me at what everybody's doing, what everybody's wearing. Where's Claire? Claire, do you want to jump in? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not filming, we're just recording. But you can come in and join us. Natalie's got to rush off to the station, so we're just in the middle. Nice to meet you. Sorry, I'm just We were just saying, so, um, Natalie, so trend spotting. Yes, yeah. So really just, yes, you're absolutely right, nightclubs, which I haven't been to one of those for a long time, actually. <laughs> but you but did. Uh, you used to go to lots of clubs in the I did, 80s, yes. Right? I did go to a lot of clubs when I was growing, growing up. up in London. Yes. I think that's where my love of fashion really started. It was um, a bit of escapism. Um, I loved music and I loved clothes. So that the correlation between clothes and music is something that's, you know, always important and always was to me. So... Um, I, love all, I still love what the club kids wear, even though I don't go to them. I still like the look that they do. I love lots of different looks, actually, which is why it's so interesting doing this job, because I can adapt my eye to lots of different kind of trends and way people look and appreciate them all in different ways, even though it couldn't apply to me. I can't quite dress like a club <laughs> kid at the moment. What was it like? So you grew up, and I know, you grew up in London, I think, but you... Um 
spent a lot of time hanging out in Notting Hill and I know you said you loved going to, to Portobello Road in the 80s and 90s. What was it was like obviously a really cool time to be in London. What was the vibe like? It then? was well, it was uh, quite an easy time to be in London, I think. It was such it, it was such um it was such, almost such a poor kind of city that was so creative that you were quite it was quite easy to be fearless you really didn't have anything to lose that's what it felt like to me you could just turn your hand to anything try out anything i think it's very different for kids in london today yeah. there's a what, lot of expectations for them what, what was the change? money and probably social media and everyone watching what you're doing and how expensive it's got i mean you couldn't give away houses in notting hill when i was shopping on port really? road <laughs> <laughs> i still couldn't quite afford one then <laughs> um but i uh, loved vintage shopping portobello market was probably one of the first places that um, I really that, got into fashion. Because obviously some of the um, collaborations you've done with matches have involved sort of reviving vintage brands, for example, with Zandra, yeah. who we just spoke to. Um, that's been a revival of archive pieces, hasn't it? Yes, um, yeah, it has, which has been really, really such a, uh, a pleasure and a privilege to work who are uh, that, with you've her. Worked with, you've done collaborations with other brands as well, haven't you? What yeah. are you looking for with them? <sighs> what we do is... When you were saying earlier about how um, how do you kind of predict what you're going to buy, we look at what's selling. So at the moment, I'll be looking, we're, all the whole team is looking at what's selling and what people are wanting, and then we can plan. So that time next year, we can then deliver even more what we think people will be watching so we can watch the peaks and troughs of what's going on. How do you so, look at that? How do you, how do you find that out? There's a big screen in the office that shows everything that's being sold. That's what I tend to look at. But then there's people that are really grinding those numbers down and there's a lot of science behind your gut feeling of what's going on. Um, and then I kind, you kind of just get a sense of what, wow, that, that brand has just flown out. So next time I'm in there, I will make sure that I you know, grow it and do more. And with Sandra, we had our first collection last summer. Um, we had, I think, eight frocks. And two of the best-selling frocks are back here in different colours and different guises. It's that, it was just being able, to, because the customer really wanted it and it went so quickly. But we wouldn't, you know, it was a limited colour, so we wouldn't do the colour again, but I can offer it in other colours. So all the collaborations are worked on in such a way. So if somebody, you know, if a brand's doing really well, if there's a certain product that I'm really interested in having, we look, we look at who's doing great and then work with them on having even more of what's doing so well for us as a business. So it's quite agile. Um, yeah. What's the difference between working for a big um, company like Matches Fashion and, and then, because I know you had your own label for a while that you launched in 2000, um, which was called Skirt. And obviously being your, you know, Claire's got her own business. Um, what, what's it like going from having your own business and being your own boss to going into, back into a company? Um, I have always worked for myself or for kind of family businesses. So um, I find it quite similar, actually. Um, even though the company has grown a lot, we are a bit like a family. Some of us have been there for so long. So even though it's all kind of mushrooms around us, um, it's good. I mean, I do, I do like working for myself. It's, it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of ways. Um, but there's, you know, I, the, the responsibility and, and your thought process is exactly the same, I have to say. 
um, I just tried, I just did so many different things within fashion. I just found myself working for myself a lot because I kept jumping around mm. trying to see what, what I was felt comfortable with. Yeah, because you spent some time and you worked at Joseph as well. I did. Right? I started my career there. That was mm. amazing. And he was, he was, um, very inspirational and I was remember Joseph a degree yeah he was there then, yeah he took he? me under his wing it that was amazing, amazing it was it was amazing I was really really lucky because he recognized something and he sent me out um picking up and buying things pretty much after a few weeks of being in the store and you I, re- I read somewhere that you sort of um brought in Alexander McQueen yeah Patrick Cox which how did you know that they were going to be well, I remember having thing? a conversation with him about Alexander McQueen um because I think there was a lot of press around him at the time because of all his crazy shows um he was like oh no you know it's really you think I said no 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 honestly you've got to buy this it's going to be amazing what was it how did you what was it that you got how did you know that McQueen buying McQueen was going to be successful who knows I really don't it's the same can't put your finger on no. it <laughs> uh, is it a mood is it a time they define an era you know he had all all the, his fingers were on all the right pulses with the, with the music the clothes the whole attitude the way everyone's feeling at the time it's more than just that's a good frock it's the, the whole embodiment well. of the brand and yeah. you're just like this is the right moment for this brand and it was so new we hadn't seen it I think newness is always so important to any um, any brand success so it's just like wow that's I haven't seen that before and that's kind of I think that's really important it doesn't happen that often yeah um and i was also going to ask about you because i know you you have a daughter and you i I read that you had a you spent a bit of time at home with her after she was born but you went back to work um and went back into working in a shop and i was just wondering how you'd managed to over the years weave those two things well one of the reasons why i set up skirt was because i set it up around the kitchen tables that i could do the school run yeah (laughs) <laughs> so I used to take her to school, then go home, do all do all the work on the brand, then go and pick her up. Do She's called Tiger Lily. Yes. Natalie's daughter. I think that's such <laughs> a cool <laughs> name. Um, and then once she was to bed, I'd go and c- finish working. It's and I loved exhausting. it. exhausting. Yeah, but I really, I, I like... I've realised that about myself. I like working. I like being busy. And if I... When I stopped doing that kind of... Yeah, I know. I'm much better when I'm working busy. When I stopped it, um, I didn't do anything for a little while. um, And I wasn't very happy not doing anything. So to get back into work full time once she really was, didn't need me every day was was great. Something I noticed, I speak to lots of women who work and then have kids and then they often feel that urge to go back. Yeah, Um, Yeah. that that comes up a lot too in our our podcast. It's a recurring theme with... Mm. The women that we speak to who um, you know are at your level of success in their careers and they um, and, and all levels but I mean I really yeah hear that I felt I have a lot of a lot of women have said to me um, it's really interesting that you came back to the workplace after such a big break um, they find it quite interesting because a lot of women think that they can't stop and come back but I think if you're good at what you do and you're deter- if you're prepared to come back in a bit older maybe improving yourself and you've got to kind of start again a little bit but quite quickly if you're good at what you do then people will be fast track you that's a really hope. nice message I think to get across to people because I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety about stopping even for yeah you know, yeah a month. yeah <laughs> I mean I think you have to do it for the 
the right reasons I really wanted to be at home with my daughter um, and wasn't earning very much money so it didn't really matter <laughs> just like, I might as well just work yeah. from home and yeah. I make more money myself around the school and which, which did it did work right. so it was interesting but yeah I don't know if I grew up in an era where it was good to be fearless or courageous so yeah you know she talks so yeah. loudly um <laughs> I think we need to wrap it up soon anyway because I know you have to rush off and catch your train from yes. um, St Germans back up to London but um, did you want to ask Natalie about well, I the food you, thing because you, you, you haven't properly met you no. two anyway because <laughs> Claire's just rushed I'm in sorry, but Claire's no. running the Violet Bakery and oh, I, oh my gosh I love your Violet Bakery thank she you was just so eating much. your avocado yes toast. I think thank I've you. eaten everything on the menu now amazing <laughs> <laughs> well I was just down um, at the Flower and Fodder stage talking about um, yeah talking about um, kitchen nightmares actually was the was the theme, but um, so I'm sorry I came. <laughs> no, nice to meet um, you. Really nice to meet you. Um, uh, well, so so do you, do you like to cook? Do you cook at all? Um, are you? I love in, um, food, yeah. <laughs> and I'm terrible at cooking. Amazing. I think I kind of I tried. I think I'm very good at what I call nursery food. Yeah. Shepherd pie and roast dinners. and but, like um, That's pretty impressive to be able to <laughs> Although I haven't done it for say. a long time. With this job, I'm very rarely at home. Yeah. So um, when I am at home, um, I'm very lucky somebody else might cook me something because I love food, though. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, not very good at the, on the like cooking Baking front. ever with your... No, I can't bake. <laughs> I think you need a special skill for baking. Yeah. Um, I've really tried. You have tried. I would, yeah, yeah. I used to bake a lot with my grand. But I had two. Both my grandmothers were excellent cooks and yeah. always used to make pies. Yeah, and, lovely. And I used to roll out all the pastries. And <laughs> I should, I should know how to do it, and I can't. No, do no, it. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll send you one of my books anyway, and you can. You yeah, can no, your food's delicious. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks so much, Natalie, for taking the time to come thank on. You. Really appreciate it, and um, good luck getting back up to London. No, yeah, that's fine. Thank thanks you. a lot. Bye bye. 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 You can find previous episodes on the Violet Bakery website via iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also keep up with us on Instagram by following at Violet Sessions. The show is a co-production of In Talks With and Wargi Productions. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.